I'm back, everybody. Hi. I'm glad to be here. It's Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL live in the studio after a couple days out. Uh, I missed talking to you guys. I hope that uh, you guys had an exciting weekend of elections results. If you tuned in to us on Saturday night, appreciate you doing so as we brought those results to you with our analysis, our breakdown of everything that was happening as the election night went on. It was a big night in Louisiana. In particular, cannot stress it enough, the biggest winners of the night were conservatives across the state of Louisiana. The biggest losers, I think, would have to be the leadership of the state Democratic Party. They did nothing to get voters out to the polls on Saturday, and it showed. There is no reason for anyone currently in leadership in the state Democratic Party to keep their job because they did such an abysmal job of rallying the troops over the weekend. And here's the thing. I know that there are some Democrats out there listening to me. There may even be some officials in the Democratic Party who are occasionally listening in. And I'm talking to you directly if you are, even though I know you're not going to take the advice of a conservative on the radio. Democrats in the state party, you need new leadership. Because the absolute poop show that happened on Saturday, I mean, 26% of Orleans Parish showed up. Sean Wilson got like 71% of the vote in Orleans Parish as a black Democrat could not get the troops out. John Bell Edwards in 2015 got 72% of the vote in Orleans Parish as a white Democrat and was able to turn out over 30% of the vote. Sean Wilson, as a black Democrat, could not. The Wilson campaign and the state Democratic Party did nothing to actually generate enthusiasm in the state. As a result, Jeff Landry won without a runoff. But here's the thing. If it was just the fact that Democrats stayed home, you would have expected better results for the other Republican candidates. But it wasn't just the fact that Democrats stayed home. It was also the fact that conservatives were motivated to show up across the state. The trial lawyers took it in the teeth. They got kicked in the teeth with some of the Republicans they supported. You would expect some runoffs between Republicans, given how much the establishment Republicans in the state, the good old boy network as Moon refers to them, as much as they were trying to hold on to power just in different offices, you would have expected them to do better, but they didn't. John Stefanski, Clay Shexnider, both in distant third and fourth places in their statewide races. The trial lawyers backing some of the more moderate Republicans, they spent over a million dollars between fighting against Blake Miguez and Alan Seaball alone. And they have nothing to go for, to show for. They got thrashed in those races. It wasn't just that Democrats didn't show up. It's that conservatives showed up in much higher numbers than your typical Republicans. Conservatives were paying attention and were highly motivated. I have, where, where is, I have a notebook um, and it is, uh, it, I've got like 10 topics written down 
of things I would love to talk about today, but I just don't have the time to do so in order to do justice to uh, the elections over the weekend. Now, we can talk about Jeff Lange. We can talk about the statewide stuff, but I need to talk about the mayor-president's race. Let me go ahead and turn off or turn on Do Not Disturb on my phone because I know that there are some people listening who have my number and will want to text me as I talk about it. I Anybody who, who is subscribed to me on Substack, joecunninghamshow.substack.com, you already know what I'm about to say because I wrote it and sent it out earlier. But I want to explain to some folks, I generally have a rule about talking about local politics. I had this discussion with somebody over the weekend. See, it's very easy to be a partisan person and just talk about the partisan stuff when it comes to local elections. Who's the most conservative person in the race? Who is a Republican? Who's a Democrat? Who's lying about their party identification? Things like that. We can talk about that at the state and national level. It's very easy to talk about. Things are a bit more broad. The topics are a bit more broad in those cases. But local politics is always a bit messier. There's local drama involved. And it's not just the Republican versus the Democrat. It's, it's local interest. It's local power bases. And they're all fighting against each other for power, supremacy, money, whatever. There's always personalities involved. It gets a lot messier. For example, for example, Kevin McCarthy's team has reached out to my corporate overlords at Red State more than once because of something I've written. And they want to correct what I've said. They don't really want to correct me. They want me to be in line with Kevin McCarthy. And Kevin McCarthy has friends in the corporate leadership at Red State. This is not a secret. So they want to try to put pressure on, on folks to, to stay in line. Uh, they, they, they haven't gotten me to stay in line yet. They have forced me to temper some things, but I'm, uh, I am still the same person I was with regards to Kevin McCarthy. At the state level, uh, I wrote something about Superintendent of Education John White at one point. His office didn't agree with how I phrased it, and so the next thing I know, I got an email to my personal email address from John White. And that kicked off several conversations between he and I. And I got a better understanding of his position. He got a better understanding of my position. We were both fighting for the same thing. It was about education, education reform in Louisiana. But at the local level, it's a lot different. At the local level, somebody will come up to you locally and talk to you or sometimes shout at you in the face. And I know this not because of anything that's happened here, but because uh, I, you know, I'm from Natchitoches, Louisiana, a much smaller town than here. If I said something on the radio that offended them, either I would hear about it directly or because I share a name with my dad, somebody would go to his business thinking that he and I were the same person. And so it would be some conversations would have to be had there. It's never been too bad, but that's mostly because I chose very early on to stay out of local because there's a lot more than just the stuff I typically talk about. However, we have a very interesting race in the mayor-president's race. 
And I know that the people who are listening, who are very passionate about that race, they're not going to call and, and, and yell at me and get mad at me. They might be disappointed in something I say. They might disagree with me. But in general, I avoid the local because there are people out there who will not hesitate if they see me in public or if they have my number or email address. They will not hesitate to send a message in. Not has I mean, you guys feel free to send messages all the time. There are people who send messages who vehemently disagree with me. But at the local, it gets a lot more passionate. But we need to talk about this one race in particular. The mayor-president's race is one that we have to talk about. So I want to get all of that preview aside. We're going to take this break. When we come back, I want to talk about the mayor-president's race. I want to tell you my thoughts, my analysis of how it went down and how things should play out, how I think things should play out. We'll have a look at that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. But first, my friends, we do have to take a look at our pest of the day. And we've got to go all the way up to Illinois for our pest of the day. An Illinois court, a three-justice panel on the, on the first district appellate court in Illinois, has ruled that you have to get the COVID vaccine or be fired. On October 12th, a three-justice panel of the Illinois First District Appellate Court backed hospital company Advocate Health, saying the hospital and medical clinic system can't be sued by a nurse who was fired after she asserted her religious beliefs did not allow her to comply with the company's mandate requiring workers to receive the vaccine as a condition of continued employment. Part of the reason they were able to go through this is that Illinois Democrats passed a law called the Illinois Healthcare Right of Conscience Act. However, the law was rewritten by the Democrats specifically to ensure that protections on morally objectionable procedures did not apply to COVID-19 mandates. So now, as of right now, a court has ruled that if your employer in Illinois says you have to get the COVID-19 vaccine, you can't conscientiously object. That's what makes them our pest of the day. Brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Louisiana's largest independently owned pest control company. Find them online at jjext.com. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. Arguably the biggest parish-wide race over the weekend was the mayor-president's race. Incumbent mayor-president Josh Guillory got 40% of the vote. His leading opponent, Monique Blanco Boulay, got 34%. The other Republican in the race, I mean, they're all three listed as Republicans. The other Republican in the race, Jan Swift, got 25% of the vote. No, 26% of the vote, sorry. That, in and of itself, is fairly interesting. So you remember about a month ago, there was a questionable poll that came out. And I told you guys I didn't trust the poll because one of the problems I saw was that one in three voters were listed as undecided, which makes the poll fairly worthless. My thing 
is that if that poll is correct, half of the undecideds broke for Guillory, which was good for him. And I think he did benefit to a certain extent from uh, a higher uh, conservative Republican enthusiasm. He's, he's very much beloved in the conservative parts of Lafayette Parish. Uh, there's a headline at the Acadiana Advocate by Claire Taylor. Josh Guillory strong in Youngsville, small municipalities. Monique Boulay wins Northside and downtown. Kind of as expected. You know, she won 34% of the vote. That is, I think, roughly where the de- the registered Democrat number actually is among voters in the parish. So basically, if you were a Democrat, you turned out, you turned out for Blanco Boulay. Now, here's the thing. If I'm the Guillory campaign, if I'm in charge of the Guillory campaign, if I'm advising them, here's my advice. You can expect that the Blanco political machine is about to go very negative. You should assume that's the case. I mean, it's already, I think it's already kind of starting. You should be working with the assumption that it's only going to get worse from here. It's going to take a lot of self-control. But Guillory and his campaign needs to ignore it. Here's why. Third, something like 36% of Lafayette Parish voted over the weekend. 26% of of Republicans didn't vote for Guillory. I'm going to assume that most of Swiss voters were Republicans, and a lot of it was a protest vote to Guillory. I'd work under the assumption that two-thirds of Jan Swift voters aren't showing up in November. They were protest votes against Guillory. They're not worried about it in November. I don't think they're going to vote for a Blanco, but I don't think they're going to vote for Guillory. That would be my assumption. So the 8 to 10% of the total of vote from Saturday that showed up for Jan Swift that may still be winnable, and all the Republicans who didn't show up to vote over the weekend, my job as somebody who would be advising the campaign is to get those voter rolls ASAP, see who showed up and who didn't, and start calling every Republican Hi, did you vote for Mayor President Josh Guillory? Well, thank you very much for voting. Don't forget to show up in November. Hi, did you vote for Mayor President Josh Guillory? No, you voted Jan Swift. Tell me why. Okay, will you be showing up in November? Okay, are you sure I can't convince you? No, okay, thank you very much. Goodbye. Can I convince you? Yes. Remember, Josh Guillory's done this, this, and this. Thank you very much. What Can't wait to see you in November. You didn't go vote? Why not? Well, let me just tell you about your choices here. I don't go negative. I don't pay attention to Monique Blanco-Boulay. I don't pay attention to any of the negative things that come out. I focus entirely on getting out the vote. And there's a reason for that. We're going to take our bottom of the hour break, and I'll break that down a little bit more when we get back because there, there's some dynamics about elections in general and how they play out that we, we need to kind of review. So we're going to take a break. We'll get back to that here on The Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL Plus, your calls, your messages on the KPL app chat, all that and more coming up. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show, live in studio. I'm back in town, folks. So I went to St. Jude, had their annual Country Cares event uh, 
went to St. Jude, and it was a very emotional. It was a very wonderful time, but a very emotional time. You I mean you can't go uh, to St. Jude and not be impacted by how emotional it is, how emotional the stories there are. Uh, it's and the only way I it sounds disrespectful, and I, I mean it in the utmost respect is. You hear some of the stories, and it is basically just a sledgehammer of emotion right to the face. I mean, it is it is that I mean, somebody starts to talk, and you already get teary-eyed because you know what's coming. Whether it's a good outcome or a bad outcome, you know that there's just going to be the tears are flowing. And then you go to the actual St. Jude campus, and it is, without a doubt, the most wonderful place on earth that you never want a reason to go to. But the work that they do there is just so phenomenal, both on the treatment level, but also just in the the care level, the, the treatment for the actual diseases, but also the care that they provide to the families and, and the resources that are available. Anyway, it's a hugely emotional thing. So I was there Thursday and Friday, came back on Saturday, landed, uh, got to eat a quick lunch, spent some time. Well, no, I landed, went to vote, ate a quick lunch napped for about 45 minutes and then prepared for election results that night where I was here until 11 o'clock and and didn't fall asleep Saturday night until about 2.30 or 3 in the morning. So it was just... And then yesterday, uh, shout out to St. Ignatius Catholic School. Uh, they had their fun fest on Sunday, so I went to that for a few hours. And uh, then I was at home with my kids for most of the day today because they were out the day after uh, fun fest. So I was with my kids almost all day today. I haven't actually rested. I don't think since Wednesday night. No, I didn't. I didn't rest Wednesday night either. I went to sleep late and then had to wake up super early Thursday morning to catch the flight out. Anyway, I'm back. I'm in studio. There's so much to talk about. I'm, I'm, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. If you're just joining us, I'm talking mostly about the mayor president's race today. I have a notepad with like 10 different topics, local, state, national, international even with the Israel-Hamas stuff that I want to talk about, I just don't have the time for. So barring any sort of breaking news happening, which tomorrow's the speaker's race, the the vote there, we'll see if Jim Jordan has the votes. It's very interesting that between the hours of 8 a.m. and noon Eastern time today, he had flipped the top three holdouts, the most influential holdouts. He may actually have a shot, but we'll see. Anyway, the mayor president's race mentioned in the last segment, if I'm, you know, advising the Guillory campaign, my advice is do not engage with the nasty attack ad. She's already out there. She's she's saying the corruption stuff again. She's pointing out the fact that Guillory tried to get a restraining order against her. There was a, a, a court date and everything. Um, Guillory. Josh Guillory, his campaign, they need to not engage. His administration needs to not engage. I know it's going to be tempting to defend yourself against allegations of corruption when there really is nothing there. But if you th- if you say there's nothing there, don't raise awareness to what she's saying. The job of the Guillory campaign is going to have to be get out the vote efforts. And here's why. We know, we can, uh, we can assume she's going to go negative. We can assume her campaign's going to go negative. 
for those of you who are relatively new to the show, I've explained this before, but I want to explain it uh, to those who, who may not have heard it before. The point of advertising, of campaigning, there's two stages of it. There's the primary and there's the runoff. In the primary, you're running ads to build up your name ID, to build up your goodwill with voters. You are trying to convince voters, hey, you need to be team me. And we'll get through this election cycle together. And then the moment, the, let me make sure I'm snapping there, snapping. The moment that the primary is over, a lot of campaigns switch to negative campaign ads. A lot of people misunderstand negative campaign ads. Negative campaign ads are not about convincing people to leave one side and join you. Negative campaign ads are an act of voter suppression that's legal. You're trying to depress the other side and just convince them to stay home. There's no point. Your guy sucks. Don't go vote for them in November. That's what they're hoping to do when they go negative. Now, there is a cost-benefit analysis to it because when you go negative, it does knock their support down, but it also hurts your support because people just generally hate the nastiness. They're disappointed in you for going low. And so some of your own voters peel away. They don't want to get involved in that nastiness. The cost-benefit analysis is, will it do, will it do more damage to the opponent than, will, than it will do to me? Monique Blanco Boule, emphasis on the Blanco, is already going to be facing a problem here. Her support came from downtown, but also came from the north side. Those are probably your most democratic areas in Lafayette. And the north side in particular is going to be a problem because it's mostly black voters. And they have they had a very low turnout on Saturday. They are not going to be turning out nearly as much in November as they did on Saturday. And she knows that her campaign knows that Democratic voters do not show up in runoffs in near the numbers that Republicans do unless there is something to really get them out there. And there really isn't that much. As much as they're hitting the Guillory administration on, there's nothing in those attacks that would motivate voters on the north side to go out there. On the flip side of that... Guillory can go out and say, hey, under my administration, we're rebuilding the parks. We're bringing a library to the north side. Under my administration, we're bringing medical facilities. We're, we're doing all of this stuff for you. They may not go out and vote for Guillory, but they may decide Monique Blanco-Boulay is not worth supporting. That's why Guillory has to focus on get-out-the-vote efforts for his own voters. He has to get his voters out because while Democrats have no reason to show up in November because there's nothing statewide on the ticket to make them go, uh, Sean Wilson did so poorly energizing his own voters in the primary, he couldn't even make it into a runoff with Jeff Landry. That keeps a lot of Democratic voters at home in November so she's already working in a deficit there. Again, that's why she's got to try to depress his supporters enough to make them stay home so she has a shot. 
However, double-edged sword there, there's no runoff to motivate Republicans to go out. So Republicans are already going to be working at a deficit there as well. And because of all that, because of all that, the Guillory campaign has to focus on get out the vote efforts rather than responding to any sort of attacks from the opposition. And that's going to be the biggest challenge, I think, for Guillory coming up in November. How do you make sure that you get your voters out? All right, let's take this break. We will be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Your calls, your comments on the app will have that, plus a little bit more of a look on Saturday's elections here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Well, folks, I can safely say that I am just about as fair as, and balanced as anybody out there. And I know this because last week uh, there was a message through the, the station app chat uh, that I was very clearly a never Guillory person. And uh, I've received a message on Facebook a little while ago uh, accusing me of very of so very obviously just uh, just just being all in on on Josh. Um, so clearly that must mean I'm I'm right in the middle. But uh, as as I've explained to both sides on this, uh, I'm not here to carry water for any candidate. Um, if somebody does something that I agree with, I'll say that I agree with them. They do something I disagree with. I will tell them that I disagree with them and, and say why. Uh, I know that there are folks on both sides of this who are listening who probably have disagreements with me on in various parts of, of what I've said in today's show. But that's just the, the risk that comes with doing this. And again, that's one of the reasons I don't like talking local politics is I'm not afraid of getting criticized or anything like that. I mean, hell, I let you guys on the air uh, when you call in 232-1542 or when you send me uh, a message on the app chat, uh, I do respond to y'all. Uh, but there's so much when it comes to local stuff, there's so much drama. And I've always I've always lived by the philosophy that I've graduated high school once and I don't need high school drama anymore. But that's kind of what it feels like sometimes when you talk to these local politics and thing. But. This is a news talk station. It's a news talk show. And, and we do have to have the news and analysis of what happened over the weekend. So for the next month, the the Blanco campaign is going to have to really work to build more of her name ID and also get some some positive attributions with her, what she can do for the community, continue working on that. Uh, and but, you know. As, as much as I say they're going to go nasty, I'm not saying that as a critique, like this is a bad thing they're doing. That's the political strategy here. That's the strategy. That they were, they're going to have to suppress the Guillory vote, and, and that is the most effective way to do so. Guillory, meanwhile, has to, and I say this, uh, I've had Josh sitting across from me several times on the air. Um, and so I, I say this knowing full well that somebody is out there listening and will tell him that I said this. But Josh and his campaign and his team, they're going to have to show some self-control and not wade into the mud if they are going to be taking these attacks. The job of the campaign right now 
is to get out the vote because voter turnout is going to be so incredibly low. And I know this is cliche as hell to say, but it really does all come down to turnout. Can the winner get more people to turn out for them? If you only focus on the negative, there's not going to be many people that turn out. And that actually does favor the challenger rather than the incumbent. There's no, there, there's nothing, none of the statewide races we've still got, Secretary of State, uh, Attorney General, Treasurer, none of those are going to be big draws to the polls. Let's be honest. As much as I would love to see people go support Nancy Landry and Liz Morell in particular, and John Fleming, I like John Fleming. As much as I want to see people go out and support them, we know, you and I know, those aren't the big draws. So the candidates in the mayor-president's race are going to have to get people to turn up for them. And I think the bigger onus is on the Guillory campaign to do that, because if you are the incumbent, you got 40% of the vote, that means 60% voted against you. You need to figure out the Republicans who voted against you or didn't go out to vote and figure out why so that you can get that vote to turn out. And if you're the Boulay campaign, you've got to maintain the numbers you had on Saturday and try to get the other side from getting out to vote. All right. I think that's all the analysis I really need to do on that race for right now, unless something else pops up. My goal for tomorrow is let's talk the inside baseball of the speaker's race because we will have that vote tomorrow and we'll talk more on the statewide races and really just how big a day Saturday was for conservatives. That's the goal unless there's something major and breaking. But you can always find my thoughts on Substack, joecunningham.substack.com. The podcast version of this show is going to be on there in just a few minutes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com. And as always, keep listening to News Talk 96.5 KPL, your local news, state news, national news, all that matters can be found right here. And KPL965.com as well. Have a great one. Talk to you again in 23 hours.